0: The following program is underwritten in part by Schmidt's Naturals: Smell seriously
1: amazing and support animal conservation with Schmidt's special edition Lily of the Valley Natural Deodorant. Created in collaboration with the Jane Goodall Institute, 5% of
0: each purchase goes to animals in the wild. Learn more and pick up your stick now at
1: schmidts.com. The following program is also underwritten in part by... My dog Annie recently broke her leg. Thankfully, she's protected by Embrace Pet Insurance. Embrace offers one simple plan for unexpected accidents and illnesses. To learn more, visit EmbracePetInsurance.com. Policies underwritten by a licensed insurer of American Modern Insurance Group. Coverage subject to policy terms and conditions.
2: Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio featuring veterinarian Dr. Debbie White, groomer Joey Vellani, news director Lori Brooks. And now, from the Red Barn Studios, here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Welcome, my friend.
3: Toll-free, 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to Dr. Debbie or Joey Volani or Lori Brooks or Judy or moi. Or Ladybug, the studio stunt dog. Yeah, I'm sorry.
0: Don't forget Ladybug. Uh, I'm you actually, put her last. I
3: know. I'm actually supposed to mention her first, yes, according that's to in her a contract. contract.
0: Exactly. <laughs> I'm glad you got that right. I'm so
3: sorry about that. Listen up. Uh, if you've seen this NBC Today show segment on a three-year-old girl that was born with, uh, what is it, neuroendocrine cell hyperplasia, which uh, it's like a lung disease of some sort. I don't know the particulars about it, but I do know that she needs an oxygen take wherever she goes. And her parents got her a service dog to help her navigate with the oxygen tank. There are critics to this. There are people that are saying that, you know, there's a certain age before you should have a service animal. That young kids may not be able to handle a service animal. And we'll talk to Dr. Alana Reisner. She's a veterinary behaviorist. And she's been doing this since 1995. And she says this 3-year-old girl should not have a service dog. Uh, So that's on the way in just a few minutes. I, of course... My first animal, my cat, my first cat that I ever had was an emotional service animal to me. I was having horrible dreams. My parents got me this cat, and all of a sudden, the dreams went away. And wow. I had a, a friend. How old were you, though? I was, I was older than three. I was yeah, see,
0: was... three. I don't think I'd get an an animal for a three year old, no matter what. If it was a pet or yeah. a service animal, I think three years is too young to have an
3: animal. So be you all agree with this doctor? Huh?
4: Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, yeah I think I that's do. you. Know, when you talk about reading animal behavior and knowing what's appropriate. Um, Contact with a pet, um, you know, mm-hmm. children at that age just don't know, um, you know, screaming, quick movements, you know, um, f- forcing an animal to do something that that would be unpleasant for them, that that can actually create anxiety or even lead to a bite. So. Mm-hmm.
3: I sort of get it. I mean, I know how trying a two year old can be or a three year old child oh, can yes. be. And imagine being a dog that really doesn't understand the dynamics there.
0: And not being able to get away, no. Yeah. Okay.
3: <laughs> uh, we'll find out what Dr. Alana Reisner has to say about it. We're also going to talk to you. If you want to get in line right now in queue, we actually have a few lines open. The number is toll-free, 405 8405 or 405-8405.
0: That's a little slower. (laughs) That's better.
3: (laughs) And we're also going to do a quick check of the news. We do this at the bottom of every hour. If you're brand new to Animal Radio, to my left is Judy. Uh, She's screening your calls. Dr. Debbie answering your vet medical questions. To my right in the newsroom, Ms. Lori Brooks. And what are you working on for this hour?
5: Well, the FBI is weighing in on pet scams, and one in particular. And then then there's a couple of other groups too, yeah. But when the FBI talks about it, I
0: think it's big.
3: Yeah. Yeah, damn straight it is. We'll find out more about that at the bottom of the hour. And which one, Judy? Line two. Okay. And let's go to Evelyn. Hey, Evelyn. How are you doing?
6: I'm doing great. How are you doing today?
3: Very good. Where are you calling from?
6: I'm calling from Bedwell, North Carolina, right outside of Fort Bragg.
3: I hear the accent now. Well, thank you so much for listening. I if you listen for a while you know I'm just um I'm one of those guys I my heart flutters every time I hear a southern accent. So Yes, sir. With that being said, I have Dr. Debbie and Joey Volani here for you. What's going on?
6: Yes, well we have a um cat that adopted us about three years ago and he was um three pounds when we found him and this is our first um warm blooded animal in the house. And we um would didn't groom him whenever he was a kitten. And we also work so he's home by himself all day, and so he doesn't like to be held that much. And I find now that he's shedding more, and we want to try to groom him. And when I try to, I have uh, three or four different types of brushes. Um, one is like a glove and one is a silicone, and I have like a furminator, et cetera. And when I try to brush him, I can brush him a little bit, then he'll turn around and start biting at me or either swatting mm-hmm. at me. And then we take him to the vet to have his um, – Physical, and we also get them groomed at the same time, they have to put them to sleep. And I just oh, hate I to have to keep okay. taking them to the vet to be put to sleep. And I tried to clip his claws myself, and um, I was doing okay with it, like whenever he's waking up from a nap, and then I cut too close to the quick one time, and so now I'm afraid to clip his claws. Oh and uh, it's a struggle to get him in his carrier to take him to the vet. And I just didn't know if you have some recommendations on how we can try to introduce grooming to him. And he's
4: like 15 pounds now. Oh gosh, he's a big boy. So in wow. so you said he doesn't like to be held in general? He, no, we he, can pick him up for a short time, maybe
6: like 2 or 3 minutes and then he's ready to get down.
4: Okay. So part of at least at least the behavior side of this, I'm um, I'm sure Joey can interject more on the grooming part. But the behavior side of this is I I would want to manage your expectations of what we can accomplish for your kitty. Because there are some cats that are really snuggly, cuddly kitties. And then those yeah. some that are not. Then there's the cats that have kind of more of a feral background. And all of those different cats have totally different expectations of how we're going to be able to interact with them not to say you can't get close and eventually get a cat that's feral or that's not accustomed to a lot of handling to tolerate it but to ask this katie to then say sit still for a five minute brush session that (laughs) may be too much (laughs) so we have to kind of pick our battles if if the if the Interest is that you want to just be able to brush your kitty a little bit. That's something we can work to by using positive reinforcement. Um, anytime you do anything like that, is you know giving some really good canned food, some tuna fish, you know, some great reward, and doing short exposures to grooming. It preferably, I, I might even use like a one of those little glove, the groom mitts, something that's not too stressful for her, and stop before you get her, t- him telling you to stop. That's very important. Okay. If you push it to the point where he's unsatisfied and he's starting to get anxious, you've gone too far. So that okay. is kind of the first thing is you watch the eye move or the ear movements, the tail flicking, and really the bottle, general body posture. And if he's seeming upset, you stop and you call that okay. a training session. You call it good and you just stop there. Um, but the Arcadies that, you know, for whatever reason, you know, it doesn't have to be that they come from a feral background, that they just don't dig being groomed at home and they don't like going to see a groomer. And for those kitties, sometimes, yeah, we do have to use um, general anesthesia or some kind of sed- sedative for them. Um, and you know, I don't know your kitty, but there are different levels of sedation. And, and there are some things that we can use in a medicine form to help kind of take the edge off of a nervous cat. And um, mm-hmm. there's one medicine called gabapentin that I will often use um, in a liquid formula for kitties, or even a, a capsule, and uh, use that as a Kind of a, a sedation, so that it can facilitate us to handle them in the clinic, and that works very nicely for some cats. It does require you get the medicine in them, um, so that can sometimes be a little bit of a trick, um, either hiding it in something or getting it in a liquid form you can put in the food. Uh, but that can sometimes help to maybe, you know, facilitate some of this grooming at home on a low level, mm-hmm. so that we tolerate it. Or to take the edge off going into, you know, the grooming parlor or the veterinary office. But there are those cats that honestly we have to just completely knock out under general anesthesia because they are so spooked, so they just will not tolerate that level of you know, either if they did the kitty have to be shaved? Is that part of it? Or is it just more bathing mm-hmm. and
6: No, just the you know, the um my I guess like what is it called? The modesty you know, where they clean the private areas and then the calls okay. and just um do like a real good brushing.
7: It's a short haired cat I'm assuming, correct? Yes, sir. Okay. So um, again, one thing that I'm going to say is when you have a cat that doesn't want to be groomed, sometimes you're playing with fire um, if you're not a professional. Um, I've been grooming over 40 years and, and I'm very leery about cats that um want to bear their claws and teeth at times, even with the best professionals holding them. It's usually a two-person job at that point And The problem that I see when you're doing it at home is sometimes it could be a little bit more scary um, when people don't know what they're doing by holding them, scruffing them, or holding their back legs. So it's something that... If you can have a professional groomer do it, I would say so. If not, you know, Dr. Deb um really um probably is the best tool that I would say for a short-haired cat, and that is a grooming glove, okay, for a couple reasons. It's not so evasive. If you can get away with the petting motion for a little bit, if you have to do it in sections and do a little bit mm-hmm. each day, do that until you get to the point where the shedding is controllable. Now, I would add something, and I would add a powder, um, and I would just use cornstarch, okay, for a couple of reasons. Okay. Sprinkle it on the cat. It's going to absorb the dirt and oil, and it's going to help de-shed a little easier. Now, you don't have to put a lot on. You could put it right, right to the glove itself and use that in a petting motion. So it's going to help de-shed, and it's also going to help clean. So if cleaning is a problem... Um, as far as doing the sanitary around the cat's private areas and all, leave that to a professional um because that could be a little bit dangerous, especially on a um on a pet that wants to go after you. But I think if you got away with a couple of minutes every day for a while and mm-hmm. like Dr. Deb said, you know, positive reinforcements, maybe treats, tuna fish, something like that. I think after a while you will um get through it now cats aren't like dogs um you know sometimes they're in good mood sometimes they're not so work with the mood of the cat and um i think you'll eventually get through it
6: okay so you said just put some i do have one of those gloves and just put some cornstarch on it and just kind of just gradually pet him as i'm brushing yep as if you're petting him okay that's great because i just felt like he needed to be brushed i mean i said this is our first um pet in the house and i just felt like he just needed to be brushed (laughs) because he will let us pet him a little bit but not a you know not for too long
7: now one thing i will say the other tools that you have the firminator they're great tools they're just a little bit more evasive so the glove isn't and you can graduate up to different things but get through the behavioral part first
6: Okay, it sounds good. Thank you so much.
3: Thank you so much for listening today, Evelyn, listening in Fayetteville, North Carolina. She called one 405 8405 and she got twice the advice for half the price,
4: zero. which is zero. Zero, free. <laughs> wow. It was free. <laughs> We're too cheap, Joey, I think.
3: <laughs> really, you know, like double mint gum, double the pleasure. You notice everything tastes better in the Red Barn Studios? Yeah, that's because... Animal Radio is brought to you by the grain-free Red Barn Naturals, canned food for dogs and cats, always made in the USA with natural, functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health. You can learn more about Red Barn at redbarninc.com. And thanks, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal Radio.
2: You're listening to Animal Radio. Phones are open at 1-866-405-8405.
8: Hi, this is Paul Rogers
9: and Cynthia Rogers
10: on Animal
8: Radio.
9: Just know that it's going to be all
11: right meow. (laughs) Beep's coming. You know what to do.
1: Hey, I'm going to just rip this band-aid off. We need to break up. You're just, you're not good for me. I'm always sweaty and uncomfortable around you, and I'm not getting any benefits from this relationship you're just a basic memory foam mattress. I deserve better. And before you ask, yes, there is someone else. I've been seeing the purple mattress online for a while now. Don't blame yourself. (laughs) How can you compete with a bed that totally supports me, hugs my pressure points, and sleeps so effortlessly cool? Not to mention the 100-night trial and free shipping. Now that's a bed with benefits. It'll make me feel better than you ever could.
7: Break up with your old mattress and get with Purple today. And right now, get $100 off the purchase of a mattress when you text NICE to 84888. Yes, $100 off, but only when you text NICE to 84888. That's N-I-C-E to 84888.
3: Message and data rates may apply up to five messages a month. TNC and privacy policy found at purple.com slash TNC. Reply help for help or stop to cancel.
2: Check out Animal Radio highlights. All the good stuff without the blah, blah, blah. Browse on over to animalradio.pet.
3: You are quite the dancer. I know I've said this before. That is one of my favorite
0: songs. I I can't sit still when that song comes on.
3: Well, you know what? It's the universal language music, that is. Is it? Well, that's what I've read. I've been told that. (laughs) And uh, it may be even more universal than we think. Really? Yes. It may be that our animals have that musical instinct. As well. We've seen uh, videos, or you've shown me videos of birds bopping their head.
0: Yeah, and they, they do it in beat to the music and time to the music. It's like they get it.
3: So maybe they understand music and what yeah. it's all about. We're going to be talking to Dr. I mean, make sure I pronounce his name right. It's it's phonetic. Thank you for phonetically putting it out here because it it's a tough one. Dr. Hank Yen Honing. And he's a researcher and he observes the way animals respond to music. How cool is that? Okay, that's on the way. Uh, let's uh, go to the phones, one 405 8405 Welcome to the show, John. How are you? Good. I have Dr. Debbie right here. What's going on with your animal?
11: Oh, I have a, a female uh, border collie, and I also have one of her sons because uh, they're cow dogs and we work cows with them. Anyway, um, we were gone for a few days and didn't realize that she had come in heat, and um, sure enough... Um, the day we got home, we noticed that um, her son had bred her
4: that day. Oh, okay. So we're wondering Oops. what we could
11: do about that, if there's a morning-after pill or something for, for a dog or...
4: Yeah, well, you know, the best thing that I could suggest is to have this baby spade. Um, That's the honest truth here. You know, she's at an age already at six where, um, you know, if she's not spayed, we do have to be watchful for some other health problems that are coming on. Um, Pyometra, which is a uterine infection, plus all the different cancers in the reproductive tract. So um, I don't see a reason that I would endorse allowing a pregnancy to go forward at this point. But in response to your question, is there a, a mismating pill you can give? Um, there's really not a pill that we give to dogs to terminate pregnancy. Um, it's kind of, for me, I have to say, it's something I I don't do a lot of reproductive work because I don't uh, particularly enjoy it. I think we have enough doggies on this earth that we don't need to really be reproducing them for them. But there are some different mismating techniques that can be done. Generally, in the U.S., um, they're limited to treatment 30 days after they've already become pregnant. So you've already got a pretty full, almost full-term pregnancy there. So for me, I find that a little distasteful to have to terminate pregnancies at that point. Um, so those are different types of injection techniques that are done. In, in other countries, they do have some um, injections that can be done early into the pregnancy, just, you know, almost immediately after breeding. But it's really not very widespread in the U.S. Um, You could always check around and see if your area, if you have any kind of reproductive specialists that have this available. Um, Now, what would the puppies be like and, you know, what kind of concerns do you have? Um, When we breed two closely related dogs, whether they're brother and sister, father and daughter, you run the risk of uh, concentrating genes. So normally this is done with any breeding uh, operation. They'll take a good dog and a good dog and they hope to have more good genes. So if we've got any kind of recessive genes, any bad genes in there, you're going to have a more likely expression of those genes. Um, and in collies, there's certainly, a you know, every breed has got them, but there's certainly some that we'd be worried about that that could concentrate. Collie eye anomaly is one of them. There's a neutrophil problem. There's some neurologic problems, some recessive-type diseases that can occur. So there is some potential, but I say in the wide vast number of closely related dogs that breed we don't always see a bunch of uh, abnormal puppies mm-hmm. um, but you do definitely run that risk of having some of those certain diseases expressed more likely so right. i don't know if the the parents have any kind of health problems or anything that in any no, related uh,
11: health problems and uh, you know we use this dog she's she's out of a national champion stock dog and we we usually breed her you know along those bloodlines. not not the same bloodlines, but You know, to champion stock dogs, and then we train the pups and sell them to ranchers. So Mm -hmm. it's not like just a normal dog, you know.
10: Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. That's the reason
11: why I don't want to spare, because, you know, we sell the puppies for a lot of money.
4: Oh. Gosh, you're breaking my heart here, man. At six years, has she put her years in? Is her uterus done? Uh, You know, this is my opinion here, and I have to say that, you know, uh, it's just maybe a time you need to really consider, you know, um, has she done her service for you, both on the the ranch and uh, in the reproduction category here? I'm sympathetic with what kind of, uh, you know, life she lives and what she's doing, but, gosh, I just got to say, you know, um uh, I'd either let this litter have its way, and then maybe they just become quality pets um but like I said, if you're really looking to terminate pregnancy, you're looking at doing that maybe about a month down the road
11: okay, so, yeah, I, don't ho- think I hope that's I want not to do the case she's too valuable to me to risk anything happen to her now yeah. last batch she had she had a c section is that um advised to do that again or?
4: Yeah, you know, there's some controversy whether or not if a pet has a C-section that they're going to always need a C-section, and, and I don't see that that's always the case. There are some breeds, um, usually the bulldogs, the big-headed breeds, where I'd say that tends to be a little bit more the case, but it doesn't mean she's absolutely going to require that. So, okay. um, so so hopefully that won't be the case and things will go along naturally, and who knows, m- maybe it uh, maybe it doesn't take. <laughs> maybe yeah, you won't maybe have that not. pregnancy. That
11: would be great. Last time bred brother... I brought her to a son of a 10-time of a world champion stock dog, and she didn't settle to that one. So that was mm-hmm. kind of a bummer. We were looking forward to that one, but oh well. Yeah.
4: Give your little girl a scratch on her head for me. She's a hard-working dog, and I wish her the best. Okay, and thank, thank you Thank you so much. much for your call there, John. Well, this portion
3: of Animal Radio is underwritten by Kensington Books. Inspired by true stories of cats who've been caught stealing from humans, The Secret Life of Mac by Melinda Metz is a hilarious and heartwarming novel about an adorable klepto kitty with a passion for thievery and a sideline in helping the humans in his life find the love they deserve. The Secret Life of Mac by Melinda Metz is available everywhere books are sold, and you can learn more over at kensingtonbooks.com. Thanks, Kensington, for underwriting Animal Radio.
11: Here is today's top automotive news story. I'm Nick Miles. Italian luxury sports car maker Ferrari says profits last year rose 46%, driven by a surge in V12 vehicle sales and customers' hunger for personalization of their cars. Ferrari reported 2018 net profits of 904 million. New car shipments rose 10% to 9,251 vehicles. Sales rose across the globe with double-digit increases posted in Europe and greater China. To read more eye-opening news stories, go to ourautoexpert.com. Our auto expert is brought to you
2: by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all your car care needs. Get guaranteed low prices and excellent customer service at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices, every day.
1: This is an Animal Radio News
5: Update. I'm Lori Brooks. The FBI has issued a warning on pet adoption scams. Now, we've heard about these scams from others, but I think it's pretty big when the FBI decides to weigh in on this. They're hoping to prevent you from being duped like so many others. And their warning says that fraudsters are prowling the Internet to find families who are so desperate for the perfect dog that they're willing to adopt sight unseen. Now, the scam usually goes... Like this. Somebody comes across a pet for adoption, uh, an ad. They see it online and then they unwittingly engage with a scammer and they proceed to pay the scammer a series of fees that just never seem to end. However, the pet never arrives fraud.org got in on this too and they say regardless of how much money is sent the phony seller will find brand new reasons every time to ask for more fees and payments this continues until the victim now often out of thousands of dollars by this time finally catches on and says I'm, i'm not sending any more money According to Fraud.org, sites such as Craigslist and Oodle are often the starting point for these pet scams, but the International Pet and Animal Transportation Association, they see a lot of this too, because sometimes those fees that the scammers ask for have to do with transportation for the pet, usually flying. But the association says the scams can also originate in local newspapers, emails, emails, pet travel sites, and the scammers sometimes even pretend to be faith-based organizations. Well, again, there's something new concerning pets happening in California, but this time it's not, uh, it is forward-moving, but it's it's kind of shocking. It's called the California Pet Blood Modernization Act, and this bill is going to allow animal blood banks in the state to utilize a donor blood collection system for dogs and cats, instead of what they're currently using, which is unusually cruel, because currently California is the only state in the nation that requires animal blood banks to collect blood from what's called closed colonies. That's a system in which donor animals are confined to cages and facilities, like a shelter, where they are used solely for the purpose of their blood, and sometimes they are kept there for many, many years. Every other state in the country, by the way, uses a volunteer donor system similar to the same system that we use for humans. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at animalradio.com. This has been an Animal Radio
1: News Update. Get more at animalradio.com.
2: Live at the Red Barn Studios, you're listening to Animal Radio. Here's Hal and Judy.
3: They turned off my long-distance card here at Animal Radio, but Judy's long-distance card still works, and we're calling tonight the Netherlands, where it is. Uh, what what time is it there in the Netherlands? It's
8: here, uh, I think it is sort of a quarter past
3: nine. Okay. Think? And this is the voice of Dr. Hankin Honing, and he researches animals and uh, music. He says that all humans possess the trait of musicality and that even animals might. Is that correct? Yes. Yes, I think that's a nice summary of the whole book. <laughs> I have no rhythm whatsoever. <laughs> so I'm wondering, well, how can all humans have musicality?
8: Um, yeah, it's in a way dependent on the definition. But most of my colleagues, we agree that you need at least two things to be musical as a human or an animal. And those two things are uh, that you are sensitive to the beat, that you hear the regularity, that you can dance to the music. It's very difficult to find someone who who can't pick up the regularity in the music. And the other thing is relative pitch, which is also trivial if I explain it. It's that you can recognize a melody like...
2: uh,
8: And if I sing it higher or lower or slower or faster, you just recognize it. Oh, it's that particular song. Sure. And uh, Twinkle Twinkle Star, I think it's
0: called
8: in, uh, uh-huh. in <laughs> North America. Uh, we call it different here.
3: Um, well, I say that because I've seen a video of uh, like a bird bopping his head to some music. And yeah. That makes yeah. me think that they, they must share the same musical uh, intuition, I guess, is what you would call. What would you call that? It's... Uh,
8: yeah, it's a sensitivity to to, to to the musical aspects of sounds. That's how you would, could, could call it. And Darwin, Charles Darwin, thought that all animals should be sensitive to melody and to rhythm, but until 2009, no animal was found who could do that. And this bird that you probably are referring to is a, a kakatoo, a white kakatoo, uh-huh. and his, his name is Snowball, and he was, in, I think, he was discovered in 2007, and he is the first animal for which it was shown that he is sensitive the regularity of the music. If the music goes faster, he dances faster. If the music goes slower, he moves slower. So Mm -hmm. he really is listening. And uh, that's the first animal for which that was shown. It's very difficult to find it in other animals. Dogs, for instance, can't do that. Horses can't do that.
3: So you said that dogs don't obviously bop around to the beat of uh, a song. Do they have any musical taste whatsoever? (laughs)
8: Well, <laughs> they well, well, they're sensitive to sounds for sure. Okay, and they're very sensitive to speech, as all pet owners know. And they're they're a very good memory for particular sounds. But but, for instance, these two components, like the regularity of the music, uh, there has not been found up till now a dog that can move to the music by itself and will move faster if the music goes faster. So. If there is a pet owner who has a dog that can do that, film him, please. please. <laughs> and it will be a very important paper. But up until now, uh, we have no evidence that dogs can do this.
0: Uh, what about uh, primates, since they're closest to humans? Do they f- feel music and interpret music the same way we do?
8: Yeah, that's something I hoped for, because I thought uh, that's what I partly described in the book, this, this sort of this, this uh, trip that I made in the last few years, uh, and visiting all these labs and doing experiments, you would expect that another primate, uh, especially uh, monkeys, they, they have brains that are very similar to ours. But it turns out, after repeated experiments, that they are not sensitive to the beat, for instance, and they're also not sensitive to uh, what I called relative pitch, so they can't recognize melodies that are transposed a little bit higher or lower as being
10: wow. the same thing.
4: So this is a totally different issue than you know, what we've talked about before is that you know, dogs um, can be calmed and soothed by certain types of music. You know Country music or lullabies particularly have been found to decrease kennel stress and their anxiety in, in certain situations. So, it's, so music still has an effect on them, but you, what you're seeing is that the music is not compelling them to act in a way that we perceive as um, enjoyment of music.
8: Yeah, as far as we know. But but, um, uh, I think uh, one of the mysteries still is like, what do they pay attention to? And uh, it seems that just like also with songbirds, they they might pay uh, attention to completely different things of the sounds than that we pay attention to. If we listen to music, we hear melodies and we hear rhythms. Um, And it's Turns out that some other animals actually hear more like the way we listen to speech. So they listen more for the the change, the changing sounds, like the vowels that I'm speaking now. You're, what you're hearing is, is this, uh, what you're sensitive to now are the the changes of sound quality all the time, and that those are the words that you're listening to. And the pitches you are less sensitive to. It's it's more in the background. It's more like my intonation or whether I'm posing a question or not. And it seems that birds and maybe also monkeys are listening to music more in, as if it was speech, so the, the change of sounds, and less so to the pitches and the melodies that we tend to listen to if we listen to music. So then I think it's the big difference between that listening strategies or listening predispositions between humans and some other species uh, that we pay attention to melody and rhythm, and they not primarily
0: there was a study of Roan the Sea Lion that was trained to move her head to a beat. Now, yeah. if you changed the beat, would she be able to pick up on that, or she's only trained to that one song?
8: Well, uh, that's a beautiful study. She, see, uh, I, I, I uh, met her like I think it was four years ago for the first time. It's a wonderful animal, very, very exciting, and she wants to do these listening experiments. She's very like she wants to join. <laughs> And she listened to different types of rhythms, fast, slow. And she was almost always faster than I was. I was behind a fence watching her doing the experiment that she did a year before that. And that was published in a, in a journal. And uh, one song, for instance, by Earth, Wind, and Fire that she's very, uh, <laughs> I think it's called Bookie Wonderland. Uh, and they played it relatively fast. And she had the downbeat quicker than I had. And then it, they played it very slow. And then she had the, was spot on. And uh, and very excited about it as well. So it's it's. I was very I was really moved to see this animal having so much pleasure, in headbanging on, uh, <laughs> on on this on this on this yeah for for them strange music. I I have to uh, imagine. Yeah. Since then I I'm really in love with this animal, uh, Roland. I got a kiss from her as well on my cheek. So I'm I'm sort of uh, yeah.
0: You're smitten.
8: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: lost.
3: <laughs> the book yes. is called The Evolving Animal Orchestra in Search of What Makes Us Musical. The author joining us, Dr. Hanky and Honing. And uh, I have 10 copies to give away of this book. Toll-free 9, nine copies nine to copies. give away at this toll-free number 1-866-405-8405. If you're not lucky enough to get on through, head on over to Amazon or your favorite bookstore. We'll put links over at animalradio.pet too. It's called The Evolving Animal Orchestra. Dr. Thank you so much for talking with us today. You're welcome. I enjoyed
7: it. This is Animal Radio baby. Do
0: you travel with your dog? Of course. My pets are part of our family. Me too.
1: I take Daisy with me
0: everywhere. Right, Daisy? So how do you find out what hotels welcome your dog? I read Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog. Sounds perfect for planning our next vacation. Right, Daisy? It is. Their motto is, leave no dog behind. And they have great hotel and destination reviews. Where can I find the magazine? Go online to FidoFriendly.com. I will for sure. Come on, Daisy. We're off to find our next adventure.
2: Live at the Red Barn Studios, you're listening to Animal
3: Radio. Here's Hal and Judy. This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by something worth saving cozy up with your furry friend in a great read something worth saving by sandy ward is a wonderfully touching and surprisingly funny story about a fiercely loyal cat named lily and the unbreakable bond she shares with her human clever and observant lily knows that you don't have to be the biggest or the strongest to fight for the ones you love you can find something worth saving everywhere books are sold and learn more at sandywardbooks.com thanks guys for underwriting animal radio it gives me great pleasure to introduce to you the dog father, Joey Villani, here on Animal Radio. If you have a grooming question of any sort, toll free, 1-866-405-8405. This is the guy we'll put you on.
7: You'll talk to him. What's going on? Hey, how's life treating so- you? So, Yeah. Uh, it's it's okay. As you guys know, you know, a couple of weeks back, my um, my elder um, Karen passed away at yeah, eighteen. Yeah, sorry so. about
3: that. Well, eighteen. I mean, I know this doesn't make yeah. it any better, but eighteen's a a long life for Karen. Terry. And no, it, it
7: it definitely definitely is. And um, it's funny because this was the one that was against all odds. Um, they originally said they were gonna have to take his front leg with cancer. We ended up saving that. Then he came down with more cancer and. Um, um, you know, so on, and on, and on, but, um, lived till 18 and, um, died very peacefully and comfortably, um, in my home with, um, really no signs that he was even going that day. So, um, you know, I mean, honestly, if you had to go, it's probably the best possible way, but that brings up something that I do want to talk about because it, it can be an issue and that's grooming elderly dogs. Um, most of the time, things that happen within a grooming salon happen um i'm going to say more than anything else with dogs that are seniors so when they get into their twilight um years and you know really depending on the size of the dog is going to determine that large dog breeds can be anywhere from eight years and up and small dogs anywhere from 10 years and up and you know again it all depends you know it's like people sometimes we age a little bit differently but the last thing you want to happen is go in for a beauty treatment and get a phone call that something um, serious has happened with your pet. So it's going to start in the home, which is really important. So if you have an elderly dog, um, and I say this, that you should start them out as a puppy, um, brushing, combing, and all that. But if you didn't, it's probably even more important as they get older. Preparing them before they go into a salon. Now, a lot of people say, "Well, then, why do I want to bring them into a salon?" It's to keep them calm. Now, the first thing I'm going to say is, is you're going to notice that dogs are going to get a little bit more crotchety, a little bit more, and even cats. Are going to get a little bit more anxious as they get older. As you know, um, I've known people that said my dog never bit me. And all of a sudden I started brushing them and they bit me. And, you know, it just happens, happens. You know, it's like, it's like my my dad, the older he gets, the more, (laughs) the more difficult he's getting. Anyway, but same thing with your pets. So to be quite honest with you, if you can section off the grooming, um, instead of doing the whole body and legs and head in one shot. Pick um, a couple days during the course of the week and brush out areas, you know, brush out the legs maybe one day, do the body another day, do the head another day, um, the tail another day, and, um, you know, get them not free so when they go to the groomer, it's a little bit easier. Now, sometimes the bathing process is a little bit difficult for them. I always say use cornstarch, use a powdered, um, you know, some sort of powder. Cornstarch works good. You can add a couple of drops of lavender oil, essential oil, to it. Um, be careful what you do add because sometimes it could um, um, affect their skin. But lavender is really safe. Put a couple of drops in, and, um, shake it up real good, let it sit on the shelf 24 hours, then sprinkle that in, brush it out, and that'll help absorb the dirt and oil. So you have a, a dog that's a little bit cleaner. The same thing with nails, you know, um, instead of taking off a chunk of nail, you know, once every six to eight weeks, you know, cut them regularly, at least once a week, just take off the tips where it's not so traumatic for them. And again, you'll have a much happier elderly pet that um, it's not going to be as stressful and kind of when they go to the groomer, they'll be more ready for it than not.
3: You know, I do this thing when I go to the vet, it probably would work for going to the groomer too. My dog was really afraid of going to the vet, so what I decided to do is just take her down to the vet to visit, no appointments, and they would give her a treat there, so that she would start to associate the place with. Oh, I sometimes I go in there and I get a treat, and she became so much calmer. And I, I think that's the same thing you can do with the groomer. Can you just go visit the groomer without actually going in and having an appointment, and maybe get a treat and associate? Well, let's let's
7: put it this way. I don't I don't know how many groomers would actually say no to that. I would welcome that because I'm now talking to a conscientious pet owner that's trying to be proactive, and it makes my life easier. Um, in the grooming salon, it's loud. Okay, especially some of these high velocity dryers that you have. You yeah. turn on, and it's loud. And I've noticed that in older dogs, that seems to startle them a little bit more. So if you do take them in, get them used to it, walk them around. Like you said, make it make it a fun day out. Um, I'm sure that it's could do nothing else but help
3: okay if you want to talk to joey valani the dog father right here on animal radio toll free 1-866-405-8405 and don't forget you can also ask your questions from the animal radio app for iphone android and blackberry
2: you're listening to animal radio phones are open at 1-866-405-8405 Hi, this is Brandon McMillan on Animal Radio, and be sure to adopt and not shop.
1: And now an Animal Radio news brief. A service dog is highly trained to perform a specific task for its disabled owner. It's kind of different from a therapy dog, which comforts the sick and elderly, or an emotional support animal, which soothes anxiety. For people that want to take their pets wherever they go, there's a brisk business that's developed in the sale of bogus service animal certificates and vests. Tim Livingood, he runs one of the many websites that sell this certification paraphernalia for 65 bucks. Customers can get papers, patches, and vests to make their dogs look official. They can even buy a prescription letter from a psychiatrist after they take an online quiz. He said the laws are broad enough to allow that. While his business, the National Service Animal Registry, sounds official, he says government-sanctioned registration agencies don't exist. Property managers or airlines are not allowed to ask owners to produce ID cards. This has been an Animal Radio News Brief. Get more at animalradio.pet. The Black soundaf one headsets have a built-in FM receiver with dual dynamic drivers and customizable EQ and sound effect settings. They're capable of delivering beautiful sound. You can also tune directly to any FM radio station without Internet access. Visit www.blackloud.com. Create your account and order sound.af1 by inputting the radio station coupon code ANIMALRADIO to get the special 10% off discount.
2: Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio featuring veterinarian Dr. Debbie White, groomer Joey Villani, news director Lori Brooks, and now from the Red Barn Studios, here are your hosts... Al Abrams and Judy Francis.
3: You don't have to go very far to find a service dog these days. Sometimes an emotional service dog, that means they just uh, help you out, make you feel better, and they actually don't need to be certified for that. And then there's the certified service dogs that may help you uh, determine if you're going to have an epileptic seizure or maybe if you have autism that helps you get around. And it just warms the cockles of my heart to see how these animals are helping people maneuver their ways through their disabilities. Now, there's a story about a three-year-old girl. She has uh, neuroendocrine cell hyperplasia, and that means that she her lungs don't work properly. She needs to take an oxygen tank wherever she goes. And her parents decided to get her a service dog to help her kind of maneuver around with the oxygen tank. Seems like a good idea, doesn't it? Sure. Not so much. Apparently, there's many people, and you may agree right now, all of you in the studio, you're looking at me. <laughs> you may agree that sometimes... A person may be too young to handle a service dog, like in this case of a three-year-old girl.
0: Yeah, I think that's a little young. You think it is? Yes, I do. Personally, I do.
3: Dr. Ilana Reisner, she's a veterinary behaviorist. She'll be on this hour, and she'll tell us that, yeah, you're right. That's way too young to have a service dog. I want to find out all about it. I think, you know, it's amazing what animals can do. It's sad to think that there's some kids that can't have animals. So I want to find out, because Mm -hmm. when I was a kid... I had a service cat. He didn't know he was a service cat. He was my emotional friend.
0: Yeah, but you weren't three.
3: No, I wasn't three. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Which one are we going to? In just a couple of seconds, we're going to go to line three, according to Judy. Uh, First, we're going to find out what's coming up in the news in just a few minutes. What are you working on, Lori?
5: Well, still dealing with the after effects of that big pet food recall, and we'll tell you about that very shortly. And a family that's in the news because of their therapy animal therapy pet alpacas alpacas
3: service alpacas
5: Alpaca, yes alpacas and they're indoor outdoor alpacas by the way not in my house sleep with them just like you did with your cat
3: no alpacas in your living room huh? okay let's uh let's go to the phones (laughs) i I know kevin's waiting for hey kevin how are you
12: doing i'm doing fine thank you for taking my call where are
3: you calling from today
12: i'm calling from los angeles you guys are having way too much fun out there yeah
3: we we are So what, what do you got going on? I understand you want to talk to Dr. Debbie.
12: Yeah, I had a quick question. I was listening to your program being broadcast early this morning in Los Angeles, and there was a lady that spoke about a German Shepherd and how he was distempered in his rear hind legs, and he had some spinal condition. I also, too, own a German Shepherd. He's a vibrant fellow. He's three years old. His name is King. And uh, I know that in the future I'm going to have to anticipate some type of problem because that's what they're typical for. High I, I, didn't you, I didn't
3: hear. I didn't hear you anticipate what
12: the German Shepherd experience some some problems with his hind legs because they're known for having problems yeah. with their hind legs.
8: Mm-hmm.
3: Okay.
12: And so my question was is knowing that that's going to come in the future is there some form of insurance that you can purchase for your dog for medical situations because having to take them to the vet gets very expensive and just to have mm-hmm. to outright pay that kind of cash very expensive, and I want to give the best care to my animal that I can. I just always, I can't afford it because they're so expensive at the veterinarian now.
4: Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. And you know what? It, it's great that you're thinking ahead because, you know, a lot of people don't anticipate those big bills when they come up. And, you know, there's a lot of great advances we have in veterinary medicine, but they come at a cost. And, um, right. you know, a lot of, a lot of these things can be price prohibitive, um, if you're not ready for them. So right. with, with any breed of dog, my recommendation is I do recommend pet insurance and I prefer to get a, a dog or cat into that when they're young preferably as a puppy or kitten because, number one, your rates are going to be the lowest then, and also you haven't set any kind of patterns of pre-existing conditions Um, because once your dog, say, has a problem with allergies or ear infections, that's already documented in the medical record, and those may not be covered if you sign up for insurance later. So the best advice is get into insurance early. Um, And then your question about some of these big problems in shepherds like hip dysplasia, um, you have to be cautious because if you are hoping to have that kind of insurance help you for a specific condition, you really need to check the pet insurance carefully. Um, there are different exclusions for both hereditary conditions and pre existing conditions. So, if for example you were to tell me you went to the vet down the street and they told you your dog has hip dysplasia right now, and then you try to get an insurance policy after the fact, it's very possible that a company might not cover it at all. Wow. So some conditions, if they're treatable, they will, even if it's pre-existing and it's been noted before, they may cover it. But it depends on the company. It depends on the condition. Um, so it's something I'd have a hard time telling you, blanket which one to go with. Um, but the other thing to keep in mind with some of these different um, pure breed diseases, and, and hip dysplasia is very common in German shepherds, is that that has a, a hereditary base. So it is passed on from generation to generation so they may have an exclusion based on that oh. as well so what I recommend, you can do this stuff online, it's it's very easy, you go to the different insurance uh, pet insurance um, websites and you can go through and ask for a free quote and um, it's very easy, you get a little annoying email after the fact but you can always unsubscribe if you don't want that yeah. <laughs> um, but it's a really good way to kind of price compare and then when something is looking like it's in your budget I do suggest to get someone on the horn and add those specific questions
3: are premiums based and i know you're not an insurance representative but you do take several insurances down at your practice do they usually charge a higher premium for animals that might be predisposed to sort of you know luxating patella or these uh
4: Mm -hmm. yeah they do they do. And certain breeds like, you know, for instance, the English Bulldog, a fabulous breed, but uh, they're a veterinarian's good friend. (laughs) They're in all the time. So um, as a breed, yes, you're going to find a higher rate. And that's why when you get these quotes that you're putting through, they're going to ask you what breed, what age, and not only that, but where you live in the country. Because how a veterinarian practices in uh, Los Angeles or Las Vegas might be very different than a remote part in Arkansas. So the cost, of the veterinary care may be different regionally so they're going to kind of uh base that on your region there and you really that's where people need to ask questions find out what it covers and what it doesn't and and that's really um i I hate for people to buy insurance and just do it blindly you need to know what you're getting
3: kevin thank you for listening to animal radio please tell a friend we appreciate it
4: i will you guys are doing an excellent job thank you very much
3: take care of yourself calling from los angeles today that is uh kevin Shall we all bow? There you go. I, I bow for each and every listener. I love each and every... I'll give you, all of you a big sloppy kiss. No tongues. Hmm? What? I can't do that? I'm sorry.
0: Take it back now. Whoa.
3: Hi, John. How are you doing?
12: Oh, pretty good.
3: Where are you calling from?
12: I'm calling from Houston, Texas.
3: John, you're on with Dr. Debbie. All
12: right. I've got a couple of cats, and I was wondering if there was any way I could keep them off the furniture.
4: Um, are they getting on any particular part of the, your furniture that you're unhappy with? Well, they're just getting on the
11: couches and sleeping on there and getting them filled up with hair.
4: Okay, so you're not a fan of having the cats on the couch then, huh?
11: Well, it doesn't bother me.
4: It's the girlfriend that doesn't like it.
3: Okay. Uh, you got to get rid of the girlfriend. Wouldn't, you, wouldn't that be the suggestion, Doctor? <laughs>
4: Well, you know, everyone's got their different levels of what they, you know, admit or would permit their cats to um to to do in a home. I had someone who I knew that their cats were urinating in their kitchen uh Um, on their stove and that was acceptable to them so you know everything's a little different for everyone um for myself um i'm not a fan of cats on counters um if you don't want your cats on couches you know there's ways to train them for that um but it can be kind of hard have they been allowed up on the couches and the furniture up to date no okay so you've been trying to keep them off of that already then yes we have okay have you used any remedies to try
12: uh, We've used the
4: sprays, and
11: uh, we even used the uh, little shot pad, and that didn't work.
4: Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, there's for for jumping up on undesired areas for cats. You know we, we want to do something that's humane, um, but something that kind of gets the general idea across that this is not a place we want the kitties to travel. And um, you mentioned the you know the kind of shock mats or what I call the static mats or the scat mats. So when the kitty you put that on the area when they jump up there, um, it's kind of like a, um, a static electricity type feeling. So um, that's a deterrent. Um, if that doesn't seem to work there are some other things we can try Um, in some areas um, I'll have luck with uh, the double-sided sticky tape but um, on couch areas uh, might not be as uh, well received Um, there is something that I will try and it takes you doing a little bit shopping on the internet but there's some motion detector um, items that actually when the kitties cross the barrier um, there's compressed air E- emitted um, and um, I, I believe the, the one that I'm familiar with is uh, it's called cat like three s's and then cat and um, that's made um, and it basically has uh, some have audible tones that go off first and then others you know have just the um, compressed air but that might be something that you know gets the idea across with um, you know maybe something you can't patrol real regularly um, and to keep them away from that. Um, And, of course, a good old standby is if there's certain areas you want physical access completely limited to, um, you know, uh, keeping doors closed, things like that. And and I know a lot of people with allergies. You know, they love their kitties, but they can't have them in the carpeted areas or in areas where there's upholstery. So, um, you know, hopefully some of those techniques might be helpful for you there, John. I don't know if if, uh, any of those sound like they might work in your situation. This is Dr. Debbie with Animal Radio. Give me a call. 1-866-405-8405.
3: Well, this portion of Animal Radio was underwritten by Embrace Pet Insurance, providing nose-to-tail accident and illness coverage for your dog or cat. It can be customized to fit your budget and needs. Simply take your dog or cat to any vet, submit a claim form, and get reimbursed quickly. Learn more over at EmbracePetInsurance.com to get a quote. And thanks, Embrace, for underwriting Animal Radio.
2: You're listening to Animal Radio. Phones are open at one 405 8405
9: Hello, this is Jane Goodall on Animal Radio. And I'd just like everybody to realize that each day you live, you make some difference on the planet. And you can choose what kind of difference you're going to make. And hopefully every day you'll try to make the world a little bit better for people, for animals and for the environment. Something Worth Saving by Sandy Ward is a touching and funny exploration of family life as told by a highly perceptive and outspoken narrator named Lily, who happens to be a cat. Lily is a fiercely loyal friend to her human. So when things start happening in her family, she's ready to step up and prove that she may be tiny, but she's also mighty. Something Worth Saving will make you a believer in the deep connection between humans and their furry friends. Pick up a copy of Something Worth Saving today everywhere books are sold and visit SandyWardBooks.com For more info,
2: live at the Red Barn Studios, you're listening to Animal Radio. Here's Hal and Judy.
3: This is Animal Radio. We are all just wacky about our pets and pets in general. We're, we, we, we work for free. Not a lot of people know that. We come in here just because we like talking about our animals a lot, Right? No one's agreeing. (laughs) (laughs) Am I the only one that's working for free, apparently?
0: (laughs) About those nicks.
3: Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, so they they mean a lot to us. They are our family. And for some of us, they're our only family. Forget about the two-legged humans. And if you're like that, that's okay. This is your show. To my left is Judy Francis. She is screening your calls for Dr. Debbie and for Joey Villani, the dog father. The dog father can answer your grooming questions. Dr. Debbie, she's well-versed in all kinds of behavioral and medical questions in regards to animals. Don't ask her about that goiter on your neck. Is that where you have a goiter? Yes, you you
4: have a goiter. See, now you're making me diagnose you. (laughs) Goiters are in the thyroid. (laughs) area so <laughs> so that's not but a good physician for that house no, maybe just a
3: little acne <laughs> or something like that anyway if you'd like to talk to them toll free 1-866-405-8405 and here's a lucky thing you can also ask your questions from the free animal radio app for iphone android and blackberry so download that puppy now so uh, hey steve how you doing
10: hey buddy hey it's california Where? california steve maddie what? I wonder about my doggy. I got a Brenda, Brenda dog. What kind of dog? Pitbull. pit bull. Ben, ben, they, they, they call brindle dog. A brindle pit bull. Okay. Yeah, pit bull. She's beautiful. I got also regional pit bull. He looks like a white wolf, 100 pounds. I raised nine old and I gave it eight and I got him perfectly healthy. But this brandy, the coffee, she was about three months old. Somebody left the streets, dying, was nothing but her ribs, dying, and mm-hmm. red eyes. But I cured I got two doctors, one in San City, one in Corona. And they. she was coughing and a chest congestion. And that's cured. She's perfectly all right. Okay. But the eyes are still red. And no one doctor said nothing about her eyes. Uh, something coming terrible out of her eyes. I cure
4: that. Okay. How long ago was the, the breathing problem? The, did that get cleared up? It's more than three months, six months at least. Okay.
3: Can, so, can you tell me what the problem is, Dr. Debbie? I'm not following.
4: So um, so the pit bull had a respiratory infection, and it was treated, um, and that part is better, but her eyes have still remaining to be red. Um, is there a discharge with those eyes? Steve- Any kind of gunk coming out of the eyeballs? Yeah, it does
10: a lot a lot what I use I use camelman tea some Mexican okay. told me it's also good uh, through the history camelman tea is good for stomach problems or anything clear the eyes so yeah, I yeah. wash with eyeballs with tea but it okay. help a little bit but it's still right back it's red 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 so something yeah. else is a problem
4: Well, you know, for me, if I have a pet that has especially continued red eyes, and and I'm assuming red being the kind of the kind of the lining of the eye on the top, the bottom, and they even have like a little third eyelid in the corner of that. If those areas are red and persistently red, and especially if we have a discharge of any form on a regular basis – I mean this is really something we need to treat and you know chamomile tea you know it's one of those kind of uh, holistic things we can try it's an astringent it's an antioxidant and while it's not necessarily harming things it could be very well that we need to treat something more appropriately if this is an infection we need to get on a topical eye antibiotic so pills that you might have had for the respiratory infection aren't necessarily going to happen or help with the eye Um, we would need to treat that directly more with an eye drop so from for me if I I had your doggie right here. I'd be looking in the eyes, um, seeing if there's any kind of um, matter underneath the eyes. Sometimes we can have something as simple as allergies trigger this. Um, Other cases, it may be a bacterial infection. And even some dogs, if they spend a lot of time outdoor in the sun, they can get actually... Solar injury. So the sun can cause irritation. It can cause a discharge, um, and we see that yeah, more in the like the light colored eyes or the um, the pigment unpigmented areas there. So um, no, it's not yeah, it- she lives in the house.
10: They have pet dogs in the house. you got the dog, dog gate. They go from the uh-huh. bedroom to the patio and go control the yard. She's a good killer. She kills everything around. She kills a
4: Siamese cat. Oh, dear. No, keep that kid yeah. inside. Definitely don't want her killing any cats. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, well, Steve, I think that's yeah, going to be know, the... because
10: the cats want to kill the birds and the chickens, so she's controlling that. That's okay. Oh, well. That's what they they for. They're controlling the people, too. i got yeah, well... a body of people, 100 pounds. You know, oh, gosh. You can buy that one. But I love yeah. the pets. I'm not uh, keeping pets to kill the people, but I don't want them also to be sick and dying and...
4: Yeah, no, definitely, and it sounds like you've taken good care. It sounds like you've taken good care of her, Steve, when it comes to her respiratory infection. I do think it just means you, you need to get that kid back to the vet. So if you've just called them and said, "Hey, she's got an eye discharge," it really means a lot for a vet to see something. So if I can appreciate your dog right in front of me right now, um, you know, we could have a totally different conversation. We might go in a different direction, um, but I do think this is time that you know, if you've tried some remedies, some home uh, tricks, and it's not getting better, we really need to get her um, evaluated. Give her a good pat on the head for me.
3: Thanks for your call today. In fact, uh, can we get the jingle singers out? Go to your vet. There you go.
0: Animal Radio is underwritten in part by Schmitz Naturals. Smell seriously amazing and support animal conservation with Schmitz Special Edition Lily of the Valley Natural Deodorant. Created in collaboration with the Jane Goodall Institute, 5% of each purchase supports animals in the wild. Learn more at schmitz.com.
2: You're listening to Animal Radio. Phones are open at one 405
11: 8405 This is Greg Biffle on Animal
7: Radio, and
11: remember to spay to neuter your pets.
1: That's my dog, Annie. She's healthy now, but recently she broke her leg and I had to rush her to the vet. Thankfully, she's protected by Embrace Pet Insurance. They covered her surgery and reimbursed the claim quickly. Embrace offers one simple plan for unexpected accidents and illnesses that you can personalize to fit your budget. To learn more, visit EmbracePetInsurance.com to get a free quote. Policies underwritten by a licensed insurer of American Modern Insurance Group. Coverage subject to policy terms and conditions. Visit EmbracePetInsurance.com for coverage details.
3: Try our
2: chicken rolled food as a meal or shredded as a topper.
5: This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. If you haven't heard, Hills Pet Nutrition, the makers of science diet and prescription diet, cat and dog foods, well, they've announced that uh, they are voluntarily recalling some of their canned dog food specifically, which contains a dangerous amount of vitamin D. Hills says that vitamin D... This case was made in the USA, so we're not dealing with a foreign-sourced ingredient thing. Still, prolonged high intake of vitamin D in dogs can lead to calcification of soft tissues like kidneys. And some of the symptoms you want to be on the lookout for if you maybe feed this food, vomiting, not wanting to eat, increased drinking and urination, some weight loss, joint issues and drooling, just not feeling well. This recall, though, affects only certain Hill's prescription diet and Hill's science diet canned dog foods. Now, when the company posted the recall announcement on its Facebook page, thousands of people shared their story of how their dog became sick, and some even said their dogs died because of the product. So that's when the news of this recall became headline national news. Of course, those posts can't be verified, but the company does admit there is a problem here.
3: Doctor Debbie, have okay. you seen anything over there at the uh, hospital that might be hills related?
4: No, actually, and uh, yeah, I haven't heard anything about any cases. Just because we checked all of our SKUs, you know, all the um, lot numbers, yeah. and none of the offending food was, you know, at least currently in rotation with us. And then we checked and called all our clients that sold any of those products and they were all doing fine. Um, So I think that's the big thing is really to, um, before everyone kind of blows up and says, oh my gosh, my animal's sick from this, is really look at the bag you have and look to the um, the numbers, the lot numbers that are affected in this. Um, because sometimes, you know, when you start thinking about it, I start to get aches and pains when I think, you know, I was exposed to the flu. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of us as pet owners can, can do the same thing. So it, I think the facts, you know, you know, look for these lot numbers. And if there's any question, um, any concerns, I would see your veterinarian because, you know, we can do lab work and, you know, do a good health exam and hopefully help to reassure people's minds.
3: Yeah, and this food is only, it's a prescription. Food, so only veterinarians serve it up, right? No, some
4: it's, the it's products the... are actually, yeah, some of the there are other um, adults and even some puppy foods as well, and there are some different brands within their line. Oh. Um, so, yeah, you would have to check the list, but there's a, a smattering of um, prescription ones and then just general diets.
3: Okay, we'll put that list over at animalradio.pet.
4: Emotional support animals are in the
5: news in Ohio, but not dogs this time. In Ohio, there's a family that is facing a deadline to find new homes for their alpacas, which they consider to be therapy pets. A neighbor claims that uh, the alpacas are a nuisance to the entire neighborhood because it has turned his neighbor's backyard into a smelly pasture. But the alpaca owner says they've been cooperative with the city and have already rehomed two of the other alpacas they had, and now they clean up daily after the two remaining alpacas These alpacas, by the way, they are not outside all of the time. They are indoor-outdoor alpacas. The owner claims alpacas are quieter than dogs and their poop smells less.
4: So I'm just kind of confused. They just want to keep the pet and the animals and they're calling them emotional support so that they can keep them in a zoning area that they're not permitted, right?
5: Well, one of, of the two that remains at the property is licensed, but again, it goes to Who did the training and what were the requirements for it to be a therapy pet? There were a couple of other points in there, too. The father said that when his significant other, I think it was a girlfriend, and her 12-year-old son, who he claims that these alpacas are needed for as, as therapy animals, he says when they go outside and feed and pet the alpacas, that they come inside different people, that they're calmer and happier. And I just thought, aren't, aren't we all after our dogs? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
3: Who's to judge an, um, yeah. an emotional service animal? I mean, my animal makes Th- me very That's true.
5: Yeah. 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 I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal
1: Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com.
2: Live at the Red Barn Studios, you're listening to Animal Radio. Here's Hal and Judy.
3: If you're like Judy, you probably spend many hours over social media and watching TV all about stories about cats, dogs, and how wonderful they are in their life. You'll watch... Uh, I'm sorry, just, just you need to get that?
4: It's my bat phone. <laughs> Is everything okay?
3: Do you need to answer that? We, we can stop. I mean, there's no...
4: No, no, no problem. It, it's just my Uber Eats. They're just telling me they're here.
3: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're a... Working too hard to go out and get your own food. Okay. Well, hold on a second before they deliver the food in here. As I was saying, there, there's uh, there's stories that are on online. And um, today we saw this. Uh, was it on today? The NBC Today show. Yeah, we saw a story about a three-year-old girl. She was born with, uh, I think they call it neuroendocrine cell hyperplasia. And it's a lung disease. And she has to have an oxygen tank everywhere she goes all uh-huh. the time. And she has a service dog that uh, they... Her parents got her the service dog to help her navigate around with the uh, wow. the oxygen tank. And I think that's a pretty unique way that certain dogs can help us. Mm-hmm. There's many, many stories like this. The use of service dogs for young children is pretty much increasing in popularity. The dogs are being assigned to kids with uh, autism and uh, other special needs.
0: Yeah, younger and younger kids are getting
3: service dogs. Yet this may not be the best thing for them. And that's according to Dr. Alana Reisner, who's joining us. Hi, doctor. How are you doing?
9: Hello. I'm doing fine, thanks.
3: So these uh, service dogs that are we're using for younger children, you seem to have a
12: problem with that.
9: Well, as, as with many things, I think that the idea is good. I think that the um, intention is wonderful, but there are some problems that it can be fraught with um, because we're dealing with a living animal and we're dealing with a a young child. And so I do become concerned about risks of bites to children and stress to animals. And um, it's a particular interest of mine in any case uh, to look at dog bite safety.
3: Sure, absolutely. Is this something that, I mean, are there a lot of dog bites with service dogs and young children? I know how trying a child can be. And I know that dogs are very, very patient, but and cats too. But if you push them over the line, they may attack.
9: Well, to answer your your question, is it common to see bites by service dogs? Um, that's really an unknown. I don't think it's terribly common because I don't think it's common that we have service dogs for children. Um, and service dogs in general, dogs who work, uh, they're, they're in theory uh, should be pretty well socialized and tolerant of all kinds of people and other stimuli around them. But we're talking about something very specific here, which is to pair a dog with a, a young child, a preschooler or, or a young school child. Um, and in, in cases like that, there really is nothing magical about having been certified as a service dog. They're still dogs, and they're able to feel fear, for example, if they're trapped or if they're manipulated in some ways that they find threatening. So uh, the the child deserves to have assistance, it's true, but ultimately the parents have to be responsible for everything that child does.
5: In that case, the child was three years old. I I think that is... I I would think that the three-year-olds would be very few and very far between that could handle and judge the sensitivities of an animal accurately. I
9: agree, and I I would take it a little bit further and be just a little bit more bold and say that at three years old, they're really not capable of doing that. Um, Even adults aren't capable of doing that, unfortunately, much of the time. Um, And on that particular segment of this, lovely little girl with her service dog um, I had written that blog post because I noticed some stress signs in the dog um, some attempts for the, the dog tried to walk away at one point and look away and the dog yawned which is a, a pretty well established sign of stress um, and so a little bit of stress isn't going to hurt a dog or a child or you or me terribly the problem is that uh, it might be an indication that the dog might bite one day
0: Well, it's probably repeated stress as well it's not just going to happen just one second it's going to be throughout the day with a young child
9: well that's a good point Uh, whether it's a surprise or whether it's repeated there are reasons for the risk to be growing that's right
3: is there a certain age that you would say no service dogs for our children under a certain age
9: that's that's always a hard call that's um their children are very from each other, um, and some are more mature, uh, let's say at the age of uh eight to ten than others might be. I think that we'd be looking more realistically at uh eight to twelve, something like that for a certain and of course it depends what the dog is a service dog for. So if the child has some social impairment, for example, um, and I'm, I'm really being vague um, and general here that it might be even more of a challenge to expect them to navigate the dog's moods um, so that they're safe as well. I mean, really, we're looking at safety and welfare of both the child and the dog.
3: Fair enough. OK, we got to take a quick break. Dr. Reisner, can you hold on just for a second? We'll be right back.
2: Check out Animal Radio highlights. All the good stuff without the blah, blah, blah. Browse on over to animalradio.pet.
0: If you've ever shared your home and heart with a charmingly naughty animal who's always up to mischief, you'll fall in love with MacGyver, the matchmaking klepto kitty in The Secret Life of Mac by Melinda Metz. Hilarious and heartwarming, this awesome romantic comedy will have you laughing out loud as Mac, the thieving tabby, steals your heart. The Secret Life of Mac by Melinda Metz is on sale now everywhere books are sold. Visit kensingtonbooks.com for more info.
2: If Ernest Hemingway was alive today, would he say this to you? Shakespeare, Mark Twain, Edgar Allan Poe, all great writers. Turn your book idea into publishing gold. Make a free call
12: right now to Page Publishing. 888 785 0618. 888 785 0618. 888 785 0618. That's 888 785 0618.
2: Live at the Red Barn Studios, you're listening to Animal Radio. Here's
3: Hal and Judy. Thanks big guy. We are with Dr. Alana Reisner. She is a veterinary behaviorist and while she understands how how great animals can be in assisting people, therapy animals or assistant service animals, she also says that kids that are too young shouldn't have a service animal, right? My general
9: suggestion would be to re-examine it carefully and look to see if the child might find assistance and help uh, through other means. So with Um, a a teaching assistant, for example, in schools or with the parents, or certain kinds of supervision and care. Uh, But assigning an animal one-on-one to a child, for example, tying a dog to the waist of an autistic child by a leash um, is unsafe, unfortunately.
3: Do do people actually do that?
9: There have been, I've seen photographs or I've seen one particular story, which was well-circulated for a while of a, a child that was on the spectrum and had a dog leash attached to her waist so that when she walked around, the dog would follow.
3: Well, that, that to me seems crazy. That's, yeah. that's asking for trouble.
9: Yeah, I mean, it's there's a good chance the child will parents. be knocked down. Or Sure, it, it's, it's, not a, it's not a brilliant idea. I, I agree with you. I would discourage it.
3: A, all very interesting and kind of a different take. I would imagine there are people that are taking you head on.
9: No, uh, no uh, actually, believe it or not, I hear plenty of controversial replies, but uh, not about this particular topic. I think at this point it's still relatively new um, and people aren't coming back about it. But the, the the idea of service dogs is a little bit, you know, the the... Use of service dogs is also a little bit controversial in general because of the types of training that they claim that uh, the dealers claim to have given them. I'm sure you've heard recently about the service dog organization that um, sold a dog that turned out to be aggressive, and um, you know there was some controversy with what the training involves. So I think it's it's such a broad topic. I think it depends so much on the dog's background. Um, and also on the, the person with special needs who is um, taking responsibility for the dog's care.
3: Okay, all very interesting. The, the website, your website is ReisnerVetBehavior.com.
9: Right, that's the website. Um, I have a pretty active uh, Facebook page where I blog quite a bit about dog behavior as well, and that's also Reisner Vet Behavior.
3: And we'll put links to those over at animalradio.pad Dr. Ilana Reisner, thank you so much for joining us today.
9: Thank you very much.
3: Hi, Pat. How are you doing?
9: Hi. Good. Thank you.
3: Where are you calling from today?
9: I'm calling from Tennessee.
3: You are on with Dr. Debbie.
9: Um, I heard a caller call in on your show a while ago and mentioned that they had a dog who had cracked his teeth because they were chewing on some bones. Uh Uh-huh. And we give, we've got a miniature schnauzer who's got very powerful teeth, and uh, we give her those nyla bones. They're the really hard plastic ones. And she okay. goes through those, like, every couple of weeks, we got to replace them. And I was wondering if those are good for her, if we should be using something else.
4: Well, well in general, I think those are really good substitutes when we're talking about the alternatives from, you know, true bones to finding something that's going to be an acceptable alternative. Um, and I think the Nyla Bone products are really um, pretty durable, but if you're doing what it sounds like you're doing when they start to show some signs of pieces being chewed or kind of getting broken down, that you toss it and you replace it. Um, Because you can even still run the risk that, um, you know, a piece of that bone could get chewed up and swallowed and cause an obstruction. So if they're starting to really get um, some significant damage on that item, no matter how good it is, (laughs) it's best to replace that. Um, and, And you could still feasibly maybe have a situation where... Um, a dog could crack a tooth on something like a Nylabone. But um, if they hold up fairly well um, through regular use, then you'll have less of a problem with that than, say, a, a meat bone or steak bone. Okay. Yeah, well, and then, you know, there you are... Much- you're welcome. And there are some different types of the Nyla Bones and the Nyla products. Um, a lot of those types of things, like the Kong toys, um, I'm a real fan of those. If, if your schnauzer is really um, a, an avid shoe, I think those kind of products hold up very well. Um, the main thing is we want to avoid toys or chew items that have little corners, um, that have soft parts that can be broken off easily. And then with some of the edible type bones, you know, we watch to make sure that, you know, they may be edible, um, but we we have to watch out because some of those corn-based, cornstarch-based bones or um, potato bones, carrot bones, all of those things can cause just as much a concern. What about rawhide? rawhide? Yeah, and you know, I I like rawhides, but I like them in the right uh, use. Um, I'm not a real fan on those little flip chip kind of things um, or the knotted rawhides, but I do like there's a type of rawhide that's a compressed rawhide. And if you have a dog that is an avid chewer and needs to have something to gnaw on and maybe he's not a fan of some of these things like the Kongs or the bones compressed rawhide is the next best thing that i like to use um, my labs um it could take them hours to get through one versus you know regular rawhide would be you know 20 minutes or less in their <laughs> big strong jaws so yeah i think that's a good alternative as well
3: it has passed by so fast once again thank you for playing with us today hopefully you can do it next week again go ask your mom if you can come out and play with us again next week oh if you need your fix during the week she says no <laughs> If you need your fix during the week Head on over to AnimalRadio.pet And of course download the Animal Radio app For iPhone, Android, and Blackberry If you happen to have a Yorkshire Terrier A mini Schnauzer, a Shih Tzu, or a Pug Check out Dr. Debbie's books How to Be Your Dog's Best Friend They are Kindle reads And we have links over at AnimalRadio.pet As well as links to everything you've heard on today's show Have yourself a great week
0: I've got the beat, I've got the beat I've got the beat Catch you next week See
5: (laughs) y'all I'm not. I'm not singing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's just, contrary to what the good doctor said, we don't all have musicality.
10: <laughs>
2: Sick and moody, always adopt, don't this is Animal, Animal Art
6: Art Art Ra- Radio Network. Network.